0: Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to today's Irish Tech News Podcast. Today I'm talking with Des Ryan, Director of Solutions on Microsoft Ireland. How are you doing, Des?
1: Very well, thank you.
0: So first of all, uh, right now we're in the middle of a global pandemic, and you did did a research Commissioner Max of Ireland and Amarak. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about that research that I uh, was unveiled recently. Well, actually, yesterday.
1: Yeah. Um, so, look, thank you first of all for giving me the opportunity to come and and, and talk to your your podcast. Um, this this report that we we commissioned or this research that we commissioned is is the third in a series of. Um, Pieces of research that we've launched, and, and this one builds on the previous research that we've done. We did prior to COVID. Yeah. Um, so the series has been focused on um, the, the secure how 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 end users use technologies uh, with a specific lens from a, from a security perspective, um, and and what the reports show, and and what the latest reports show is that. Um, you know, Irish organisations, both in enterprise and in public sector, um, are exposed to the risk of cyber attack, uh, and they're exposed to um, risk with regard to their GDPR commitments. Um, and that that exposure has probably been heightened by um, the rush to enable remote working in response to the pandemic. Uh, so, some of the key things that that that, that would jump out in terms of um, you know findings uh, prior to to COVID, um, the research was showing that about 49% of people that were remote working uh, were using uh, things like their personal email or services like Dropbox to enable them to work remotely, and that was their way, typically, of getting around um, um, you know poor poor um, poor services provided by their organisations in terms of enablement of remote working. Post-COVID, the report that we launched yesterday um, shows that 30% of people are still using those kinds of services. Now, the percentage might have dropped from 49 to 30%, but in, term, in real terms, in terms of the numbers of people that are using these services, um, obviously, it, it's, it's exploded in terms of the numbers of people here in, included. Um, and so, with that, there's a, there's a major major risk for these organisations. Um, another, another example, in, in, in response to um, the lockdown and to the pandemic, uh, 45% of employers asked their, their employees to use their personal devices to, uh, to enable them to work remotely. Um, and 42% of those employers have yet to go back and secure those devices. So you can see that there's um, some things that happened really at pace in, in terms of responding to the pandemic to enable organizations to continue to function that um, now need to go, we need to now go back and retrofit uh, the right levels of security, both from a technology perspective and from a process perspective um, to make sure that these organizations are, are secured.
0: scares me is when you mentioned about people using the personal device, I'm worried that if somebody is using a home computer that their children or their wife or their spouse might use, that's yeah. going to make it a very unsecure device.
1: Yeah, so, uh, I mean, lots of people don't have uh, password protection on their home device. Uh, lots of people don't uh, patch their home device. Um, people are you know, using the same passwords for, for work uh, and for uh, personal use. There's loads of reasons why that's a security risk. Um, but I, I guess in response to that, if you think about the technologies that Microsoft provide, we've seen a huge um, surge in interest in things like um, Windows Virtual Desktop. Yeah. Um So, so we're seeing our customers looking uh, to to retrofit and to 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 implement technologies that enable people to use their home devices without necessarily having to be concerned about. Um, some of those security uh, weaknesses that might exist um, in that scenario.
0: And also, I think that most computers in the world are using Microsoft products, either using Windows or they're using Office or Teams, and you're making sure that's got to be secure at all times, and that must be tough to do that in a pandemic as well.
1: Um, look, it's always tough to to defend against um, the latest um, threats and, and latest attacks. Um, there are things that Microsoft can do there, uh, but there's also an onus on employers and employees when it comes to uh, keeping, um, keeping security top of mind. I'll give you some examples there. So if you think, what, what does Microsoft do in terms of of keeping um the world i guess um secure you might have seen there in the last uh, few weeks it was announced that microsoft um, took action against uh, trickbot uh, which was a global botnet of a, of a million devices yeah. um, so a million devices that were being controlled by um by the bad guys effectively and they were using that to um to conduct ddos attacks or to distribute malware like like Reoc, which is which is very, very significant in terms of its uh, its impact um, in the world today. Uh, so Microsoft is doing things like that to to remove threats. Now these threats will continue to evolve and we will continue to use the, the incredible resources that we have at our disposal um, to, to, to uncover and to remove those threats. When you then move to the organizations who've enabled Remote working for for people at pace. It's really important that um, that they now will go back and review their security architectures and their security policies. Lots of organisations uh, had built their security policies and their architectures around uh, people being in the workplace, and and you know when when you now have a scenario where everyone is outside of the workplace, there are a couple of new scenarios that that need to be considered. For example. Patching of devices is often set to happen when um, an employee is on, on site, when they plug their laptop in at, at land speeds. That's when the, the, the patching policy uh, would implement the updates. Okay. That is no longer going to be the case regularly, and so our customers need to go back and 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 review those, those kinds of policies. Another example would be you know, there are lots of customers uh, who still don't use cloud technologies. They're, they still use on-premise technologies. Um, and when people are in the office, uh, they, they feel that that is a more secure scenario for them. And and now what's happened is all of these people have moved outside of the, the environment and they're connecting in through uh, potentially a VPN box, which is now a single point of failure for um, access to all of this um, companies, um, you know, uh, uh, applications yeah. or, or or files. Um, you know, single single DDoS attack on that device will take that company yeah. offline. Um, so we're seeing a huge amount of our customers now planning to adopt cloud services in response to the, to the pandemic. So over half in the report, over half uh, of the customers that we spoke to are planning to adopt cloud services uh, in response to the pandemic. And then the third factor, obviously, is end users. Um, So the first line of defence in any security uh, policy is is awareness um, and and education of end users in terms of what are the threats, what are the things to keep an eye out for. Um, One of the the pieces of research that we launched uh, before um, the pandemic showed that 50% of, of end users weren't getting any form of um security awareness training thankfully the latest report shows that that's dropped to i think it's 20 percent in the current report um so but but we need to continue that the threats evolve all of the time um, and there's some simple things that people can look out for to help prevent them uh, falling into the traps that get set for them
0: yeah and i guess also uh we're talking about doing doing updates at times if you're in a, an environment at home where you're you're a uh, using broadband with, with more than one user, the speeds might not be that great, so how do you manage to get those updates put down on in your, in your computers or devices? Absolutely, absolutely,
1: uh, and uh, you know, just a, an aside, you know, in terms of the, um, the, the threats, you know, there is a huge amount of, of people's home routers would have default passwords on them. Yeah. And people are now working in a very unsecure environment. Um, so there's lots of things like that that, that mean that, that um, people need to go back, reconsider um, the scenario that people are working in, and implement um, the right technologies, whether it's a VPN um, technologies or whether it's things like Windows Virtual Desktop um, or turning on technologies like um, like DLP um, in, in email, uh, like DLP in Teams. Um, there are a number of different things that can be turned on to help defend um, in less secure scenarios, like, like many people are working in now.
0: And for me, also, I'd be worried if someone's at home using their home device, how do they make sure that the software they're using to protect it is actually standard, is of a, is a, is a standard needed by a company?
1: Uh, yeah, well, I mean, obviously, you can you can enroll uh, devices in uh, in device management um, technologies like like Intune, um, but 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 not everybody is licensed to do that kind of thing. Not everyone is prepared to enroll their personal device because uh, because end users are concerned about well, does this mean that? Uh, my employer can can see what I'm doing in my personal time. There Lots of I mean, it, it kind of gets into a difficult area with, with regard to that, and so most organisations don't go there, no. um, particularly when the device is, is isn't 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 uh, owned by the by the organisation. And so so with, with, without that in place, uh, you need to try and put other other other, other defences in place, such as the ones I've outlined.
0: You'd also be worried in case someone at home starts using the personal email address for purposes. Because
1: they can access their work email address. Yeah, I said. Well, thirty percent of people are doing that. Uh, from the report that we've just launched, thirty percent of, of people that we surveyed were using their personal emails, email address, and account uh, for work-related purposes. And so, you know, that that that's a real concern. Again, when you think GDPR, yeah. uh, GDPR is a real issue. Um, these people have now got um, corporate data um, sitting in their uh, personal email addresses. You know, if they move from the organisation, that that uh, is outside of the control of of the uh, corporation. Um, so there there's there's definitely some worrying things there.
0: And also, I'm worried about encryption. Like, if you're on a home computer, it mightn't be encrypted as well.
1: Typically, they're not. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's what worries me because when I've seen that in the past, people say, "Yeah, I'm 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 fine" and all that. I said, "Yeah, but are you encrypted?" well well, under GDPR if you're not encrypted and and your computer gets stolen the data is going to be uh, is, is gone what happens then that's a breach
1: yeah absolutely um yeah, lots of examples like that. Um, and, and you need to think if you're if you're technical, you need to think about the numbers of copies that get created. So so that file is on is on the, the, the local PC at home. It's also on the server of the of the ISP that's to, um, providing the email. Yeah. So there are multiple places in which that, that, that data is potentially um, uh, compromised.
0: Yeah, I'm getting back to remote working. How have you guys coped with remote working since since you first started doing it early in the year?
1: Um, so, so, I guess we're we're quite lucky a technology company. Um, you know, we we've always had um, the ability to work remotely. We typically are out with customers at customer sites or, or or traveling, so it's 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 fairly common for us and. Yeah. Um, you know, from a technology perspective, there hasn't really been any 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 change for us. Um, like like most organisations, that the I guess the personal side of, of of teamwork and camaraderie that you get from being physically in an office together is is a challenge that we're we're trying to overcome, like every other organisation. Um, but technically, technically, it's it's part and parcel of what we do and what we've always done. So there's no real change for us.
0: Well, I guess you're one of the lucky ones. has got a company that's been prepared for this kind of scenario, whereas other companies aren't, and suddenly they have been forced into doing it. And when they're doing so, they're not they're not sure to do it, and they do things wrong, like using the uh, not the right right security protocols and assuming that their employees know know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, this 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 report. Um, you know, if you read through the report and, and it's available on our on our website, if you read through this report, there there's some 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 uh, some statistics like like the ones I've outlined um, that really do underline that people need to uh, revisit security in the post COVID environment. Um, you know, this we're not we're not going to go away from this. People are going to end up from work, working from home um, longer term. The people we surveyed, for example, eighty one percent. Percent of people said they wanted to keep working from home. Fifty-eight percent said they're more productive in this environment. Um, so this isn't a short-term thing that you can kind of ignore some of the security risks associated with it. Um, this is a long-term scenario. So it's really, really important and incumbent on on um, employers that they that they retrofit the right levels of security.
0: Yeah, and I'm thinking, do you think long-term wise will we will be working or will we do hybrids? Or will be fully back in the office?
1: Uh, look, ultimately, it will vary depending on the industry and the company. Uh, I, I believe the upsides of um, remote working have been proven um, through our experiences over the last six months. Um, and so I think there will be lots of organisations, and you've seen some announcements um, from some ma- major, particularly technical companies, um, saying that they will continue to work in a remote environment. Ultimately, I would say hybrid is probably where the the majority of of organizations will land. Um, And um, yes, but it is here to stay for sure.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, right now, technology and software we have in place, which wasn't run five years ago, has made it a lot easier to do this.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, there's no question, um, you know, whether it's the broadband, um, whether it's um, technologies like Teams that allow people to, you know, speak to each other via video and, and, and be secure and have as close an experience uh, of being in the office as, as you can get in a remote world. The technology is there. Um, the will is there. I think society is has shifted as well in terms of, um, you know, People are more open to, um, to to a virtual meeting now than where previously they might have said a, a per in-person meeting is the only way to, um, to to get a quality outcome. So, so, I think there are lots of things that have shifted over the last six months that mean that it, it makes more sense to uh, to enable it long term.
0: And I, I've seen personally a huge growth in the usage of teams compared to last year and the year before that.
1: Um yeah, massive. Um, massive, massive growth. Um I forget the exact statistics, but I think it's something like seventy million um active daily users of Teams now. It's 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 three or four times um what it was pre COVID. Um and I guess the joy of, of cloud, um, you know, we were able to scale it up at, at um at a time when it really needed to be scaled up, we were able to, to um to deliver,
0: and for me, I'm thinking something like Skype. I've only used Skype once in the past uh, seven, or eight months because of uh, stuff like Teams. Yeah, well, S-
1: Skype Skype um, very it was and still is very functional. It's 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 primarily targeted these days at um, I guess end users or, or personal. Uh, users Skype for Business is uh, is on a roadmap to move to Teams, um, yeah. and and we've certainly seen the shift um, over the last six months, in particular, to uh, Teams adoption. Not just in terms of enabling uh, remote working, but Teams is also now being used uh, as part of uh, business flow. So we're seeing customers build uh, workflow into into Teams, um, and we're seeing it being used as a platform as opposed to just a collaboration tool.
0: And I guess where we we're lucky that the cloud is what it is now, because the cloud is actually powering everything we do from from remote working.
1: Yeah, yeah. All of these technologies, yeah. whether it's whether it's Teams or, or uh, lots of organisations have moved um, business critical applications like SAP or Oracle or, or these core systems. A lot of them are now running in the cloud. Um, you know, I think the a, any question about whether or not cloud was a, a viable. Um, a viable solution is is, is, is long gone, um, but it is it is what's sitting behind uh, all of the technologies that we were able to use to respond to COVID. So we, we've been uh, we've been lucky in terms of the timing of the pandemic. Uh, you know, if it if it had come five or six years ago, we would have been in a very different uh, scenario.
0: Yeah, because remember, <clears> though <throat> five six years ago, broadband speeds aren't what they are now. You weren't like I right now get half a gig uh, in, in my apartment at the moment. Five years ago, that would have been impossible. And might have got two hundred and forty gig if you're lucky, and that wouldn't yeah. be, and that max sorry that wouldn't be enough, especially when you're uh, dealing with uh, if, if you got more than one person as uh, sharing the same broadband speeds.
1: Yeah, look, there's still work to do in some parts of the country, um, um, but um, certainly in in the majority of urban areas now, it's uh, bandwidth is no longer a challenge.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so that that's um, that's a good thing. Do
0: you remember ten years ago? I was talking to a guy who lived in Navin and he was trying to get uh, he couldn't get dive speeds where he, where he was based and it wasn't that great. And he asked his local TD about, uh, when can you see if, if you can get broadband into Navin? And his TD told him, well, why don't you go for lunch at McDonald's or get coffee there? they got free broadband there. What more do you need?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean... I guess needs must for yeah. for some people. Um, I say thankfully, in most urban areas, it's not a challenge anymore.
0: Well, it scared me because I thought Navin's not that far away from Dublin, so I'm thinking I just I just couldn't understand why the TD took down uh, to flippantly and why there wasn't actually broadband there of some sort anyway.
1: Yeah, look, I say, I say in some parts of, of um, I mean, I'm not far outside the city of Limerick and and there are times when my broadband um, struggles, but, you know, th- thankfully it's, um, the majority of urban areas, it's not a problem.
0: Yeah, it's changing. I'm glad for that because it means that basically when they're remote working, there's going to be times when updates from Microsoft are going to be, can be kind of big. So you need the right speed to be able to download it properly and sufficiently at a, at a at a, at, a, at a correct speed.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think security of patching is now. It's you know, it's it's important that the threats are evolving all of the time, um, and um, and so making sure you've got a you know up to date software uh, is a is an important thing. So patching is definitely key and. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, some patches are quite large, not just from Microsoft, but from all all technology providers. Yeah. That said, um, things like Teams, um, they're cloud-based, and so um, the, the the patches all happen um, centrally, and the security is is built in centrally, and, and one of the joys of cloud is that you can control these things centrally. Um, so um, while we'll still patch... Uh, operating systems and 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 certain remote uh, and local software um, in in the cloud, it's 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 less of an issue.
0: Well, to me, it's like forty years ago when you were accessing a network, your computer would be a dumb terminal, and now I'm seeing the same thing with the cloud again. You're a dumb terminal on your computer, and all the patching and everything else is is done behind the scenes in the cloud. You don't have to worry about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and not just and not just in the cloud, but also things like Windows Virtual Desktop. Yeah. Uh, one of, again, one of the technologies that's been adopted at pace to to respond to COVID, where where organisations are pulling the data that's that's you know potentially leaking uh, out of the organisation back centrally, um, and and presenting a, a virtual machine effectively. Um, it also reinforces your um, your analogy there of, of the, the the local PC becoming a, a dumb terminal. Um, so uh, yeah, I gr- I agree. But, but these things, whether it's the cloud or whether it's with things like Windows Virtual Desktop, they are key to organizations being able to secure uh, themselves in the new world.
0: Because yeah, I guess if they're relying on this cloud technology to do all the, all the patches for them, it means they've got less to worry about and they can get on with you in your day-to-day day work. Yeah, absolutely. Because absolutely. I can remember years ago when I, I was using, a college years ago, using digital Vax systems, and uh, all, the, all the stuff we had was basically, uh, we used use the terminal and everything was was patched or backed up from a, from a main server. And nowadays we're getting that again with the computers in that most of the be CRM or whatever else it is, or maybe Office 365, is all kind of cloud-based. So we don't have to worry about having the data or making sure it's secure anymore.
1: Absolutely. I mean, again, that that is the joy of of the cloud, and, and uh, whether it's the peace of mind um, and the reduction in, in security risk by the fact that that patching is all no longer the requirement of the or, the organisations in question, uh, in terms of the the, the users, um, there's definitely some cost saving there. And you're absolutely right. It means that the uh, corporations or enterprises can can redeploy that their their, um, their staff to. To, to, to other areas, um, so rather than patching, there might be educating people on the latest security risks or um, adding value in other ways.
0: Yeah, and I guess the moment you talk about security risks, I guess the moment with the pandemic, those risks are becoming more and more prevalent.
1: Um, yeah, I think I think um, on, on a couple of fronts. So we we've definitely seen if you look at the the digital defense report that Microsoft released. Um, I think it's about a month ago now that we released it. Um, you know, we, we we blocked 13 billion fishing um, uh, uh, sorry fishing um, links.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so just to give you, in terms of the scale of threats, that are 13 billion links that we blocked. A billion of those were specifically targeted at credentials stealing um so you know it, it's very well and good to uh to think well in ireland we're safe nobody will attack us i can tell you that um at a global scale uh there's a huge amount of of, of threat out there and they don't the the, the the people behind these things don't care where you are in terms of geography um they, they are just doing sweeps of the internet looking for uh, for vulnerabilities um and with people now working remotely, and the statistics that I kind of shared with you already, yeah. um, people are people are more at risk um, in in the um, in the new the new world. Yeah. Um, and so, the reason we do this report is to make sure we're we're highlighting these risks, and, and so people are taking security seriously. Um, you know, there's uh, there's another aspect to it too in terms of um, in terms of COVID. Um, if you Again, if you think we're Irish, nobody will be interested in attacking us. If you think about the fact that um, you know, the, the, the most targeted organizations at the moment are uh, those that are working in response to, to COVID. So the pharmaceutical companies that are developing vaccines are under attack. Most of those have got a very significant presence in Ireland, yeah. um, particularly the high-profile ones that have been um, talked about. Um, so, so Ireland is under attack um and um you know if you're not working for one of those organizations that doesn't mean that you're not uh, you're not under attack they will the these guys will target uh, the weakest link and the weakest link might be a supplier a supplier to one of these companies um so I think I think it really is important that we all think about um the threat that's out there um we need to be you know not we can't be complacent about it uh, we need to think you know think be be, be Constructively paranoid is probably the words I'd use yeah. um, to make sure that we are responding the way we should to these threats.
0: And if somebody is actually using that personal email address, they got to really, really make sure that any link they're clicking on isn't uh, isn't malware or phishing attack.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, luckily, if you if you're if you're a user of Microsoft technology in the office, you might have something like Defender ATP turned on. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that that will block these things because Microsoft have got such a footprint that we can see these threats in real time and block them in real time. But again, if people are using their personal devices, and remember, remember the statistic 45% of employers have asked staff to use their personal devices, yeah. um, typically speaking, they don't have Defender ATP. Yeah. Um, so it's really important that uh, employers... Um, retrofit security and, and whether that's um, you know adopting technologies uh, like Windows Virtual Desktop or um, refreshing laptops or whatever it might be. Uh, it's important that, that people understand this, the risks that are there and the risks that the organisations are potentially exposed to by, um, by the way they've responded to COVID.
0: And I guess normally if you weren't dealing with a pandemic and you wanted to work from home And you want to use your personal device, you can bring it into the office and get it checked, it to make sure it's secure. But now you can't do that because of what's going on.
1: Yeah, absolutely,
0: absolutely. There's a risk there, and that kind of worries me in the sense that somebody might be using a device that's used by more than one person, and uh, you're not sure what that next person will do, what they're going to be downloading onto the computer that might have keyloggers or any other thing in it
1: um yeah and, and another kind of similar thing that the story that I heard you know in in the in Dublin's docklands there there are Um, lots of of, um, people from various tech companies and and other companies, in fact, uh, sharing accommodation with people who work from competitors. So you've got people from competitors potentially in the same uh, working environment. They might be sharing a printer. And so all, all, again, this goes back to why people need to reconsider the policies and their procedures now that they are uh, in a post-COVID world. Uh, Everything needs to be revisited. Um, you need to make sure that you you adapt and uh, adapt your your security policy for the new world.
0: And also, I'm thinking if you're living in a house or a building an apartment with IoT devices, one of the devices might be the one that can be hacked into and used to steal your data.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Somebody else's device might be compromised. They might be uh, using the same um, you know wireless hub in within the house that somebody else is um, who's got some uh, some critical data. Um, definitely. Uh, another another interesting st- statistic that came from one of the earlier pieces of of research that we we did was that thirty six percent of the people that were uh, surveyed um, had backed up their work device to a personal backup of some description. Um, so you know, back backed up to a local USB drive or something like that. Um, again, major GDPR risk. Um, and in a scenario where you're sharing a house with a competitor you know, that data, you know, who's controlling that data. Yeah. Um, so all of these practices need to be kind of reviewed, um, you know, education, education, education. We need to make sure that we continue to educate everybody on, you know, how they use their device um, and and simple things that they might be doing without thinking about it, how that can affect the security of the the enterprise in question.
0: And also, i the guessing, right, The important thing is that when we were when we we're undergoing GDPR regulations, most companies have a scenario in place how to handle it. One year when you're working in the office, but when you're at home using uh, different devices that you, that you're not sure how secure they are, or you're sharing uh, infrastructure with, with other people, how it, you got to make sure that GDPR can take a, into account of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. The, 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 the this this um, new
1: working environment um, definitely. Um, changes the GDPR landscape you know I I, I think that um, GDPR kind of came into effect we haven't really seen any major um, cases um, yet I think it's only a question of time before we do Um, but in the the most recent um, uh, survey that we've done 41% of the employers that we spoke to acknowledged that it's more difficult for them to remain GDPR compliant in the new remote working world. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely a, a, a heightened risk there for organisations, um, but but there are simple, some 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 think, simple things that can be done, as I said, in terms of of. Uh, turning on technologies that people might already own, yeah. um, or implementing um, some technologies like the DLPs, like the Windows Virtual Desktop, like Defender, um, that allow allow companies to to you know, easily and, and quickly tighten up security policies.
0: Yeah, I guess basically, if this, if if they suddenly realise what problems this could cause, they will suddenly soon start to implement these things that you said that will help combat this.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, I talk to customers every day and, and you know, when the first lockdown happened, it was all about um, how do I enable this? How do I enable it at pace? Um, and so for the first six or seven weeks, it was a huge volume on just, just, just getting people working. You know, since then, the conversation has shifted to, OK, this is here to stay. What do we need to do now? um for a a long-term strategy um because this isn't going to go away you know Mm -hmm. yes COVID is going to be here for at least the next 12 months um and all of the indications are that we'll end up uh, with a new way of working uh post post pandemic so people are definitely um revisiting um their their their, um, their technology uh and their policies
0: because imagine you said earlier they're probably thinking of short term maybe in last lockdown you thought well well we had the action for maybe one or two months from the office, that's fine, then we'll get back to normal. But now yeah. we're still realising that's not gonna be the case again, so they've got to prepare for a long term rather than a short term.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean initially it was just how do I get how do I keep my business running? Yeah. Um, and in order to keep my business running, I'm prepared to compromise um, on my security because, I, you know, initially, as you say, might they were thinking it might be a month. Um, that month is not a month anymore. Yeah. Um, and so, um, so it is really important that people continue to continue to evaluate.
0: Especially when you get a businesses bricks and mortar and sitting there, they have to go online, and they're pushed into that scenario, and they're. Not fully secure because not sure what I'm doing because I are new to this as well.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. The, the, it's, it, there was lots of companies who had no remote working or who had very limited remote working, and they they had to move at pace. Um, thankfully, the technology is there, as we've said, and and, and um, you know there are lots of of um, Microsoft partners and and other other uh, companies there that that can support. Um, the enablement of these technologies uh, uh, for for the long term
0: well I guess for me to think I'm looking this way that Microsoft power most uh, software used on, on uh, computers today so it's in your interest to make sure that all this all this uh, computers and software is patched properly
1: yeah absolutely again one of the reasons we we do this survey is to make sure we're raising awareness um, you know yes we we have, a large amount of uh, of users, um, and um, you know we've invested very heavily in terms of security. We spend over two billion dollars every year on our security research. Um, you know we've got a massive footprint in terms of um, uh, our security insights. Uh, we take feeds from. Um, you know, from our corporate systems, we take feeds from things like Hotmail, we take feeds from the Xbox. So we've got a massive footprint in terms of what we can see is happening from a security perspective.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and, and we've got a, 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 a GNOC uh, where we process all of those, um, those signals um, and and we respond to alerts uh, over 400 over 40 million alerts every 24 hours. We we process and we respond to, uh, and so we're 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 keeping an eye on what's happening. We're uh, adjusting our software, um, and and so it's important that because these threats um, evolve so quickly. Um, It's important for us to make sure that our users are protected Um, and there are two ways that we do that. One is we issue the software updates um, and secondly, we build that security inside into the cloud solutions that we offer. Um, So if a customer isn't using a cloud technology and is is remaining with an on-premise solution, then the onus is on them to make sure that they're keeping um, their patches up to date with regard to what we're, we're issuing. We're, we're issuing uh, very, very uh, frequent and, and um, important updates, um, but ultimately it's the, the end users or the corporations involved that need to apply those patches. Yeah. Adopting cloud removes that, that, um, that burden. Um, and so that's why we've seen such significant adoption of our cloud
0: technologies. Like I guess with the cloud, you don't have to worry about patching. It's done, it's done for you automatically. So you don't think about to patch, not to patch. You just go ahead, it just gets done.
1: Just done in the background,
0: yeah. Yeah, so you can. There's, be-
1: there are still, it doesn't remove all security expectation. You still need to make sure you're. People are aware yeah. of the gotchas because, because you know you can still get you can still get a phishing email in the cloud world. Yeah, um, the, the risk is much much lower because we 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 recognise a lot of phishing attacks and block them in real time. Um, but um, yeah, the the, the the bulk of the security uh, requirement in terms of patching is, is definitely removed.
0: Because it means you can just uh, be in bed at night time and patching it the morning you wake up to go and you're. To go on your on your computer system is in patch, so you don't have to worry about that. But then you the again, also you've got to make sure you're vigilant because nothing is fully secure and you as you said earlier, there's times when an email comes through that might be a my efficient tax and uh, it's it's you what know, you, you would not know would notice that as such.
1: Yeah, look, uh, and that's why when I wanna talk about security awareness. Um, And when I say the words educate, 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 um, I think it's really important that, um, you know, every organization, it's incumbent on them. It's incumbent on us as Microsoft to continue to, 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 defend our customers to the best of our ability in terms of our insights and keeping our systems up to date um, but it's incumbent on uh, on all organizations to build on that um, you know there there are multiple facets to security um, some of it can be done by Microsoft some of it can be done centrally by the organizations that we work with um, but the first line of defense is end users and so it's really important that those end users are equipped uh, and educated on what to look out for
0: yeah, and I, I guess also it's like basically right now we've been told a lot of the past six months about washing our hands and making sure we do this I think we, I said about security is all educate people to make sure that very similar to that you're making sure that you, your computer if your computer is secure as well
1: absolutely yeah that, that's uh, I hadn't thought of the same analogy of washing your hands but it's absolutely the same yeah. you're 100 percent
0: right because we've been told that over, over months and so now we know what our clothes how What we should be doing and with computers if we educate ourselves to that extent we're making sure that our our computers are patched and secure and we know what we're doing so we don't make mistakes
1: yeah yeah absolutely patching secure um things like your your passwords um you know we we still have too many people who write down their passwords we still have too many people who share the same password across multiple services um, all of these things are, are, are risks um, you know one of those passwords gets compromised on a you know on a, a low security requirement um, application and all of a sudden all of your access to all of your systems are, are potentially exposed including your corporate ones um, so you know patching is one part security policy is another part um, you know you, you know there is no need to use passwords anymore yeah. um, you know biometrics are there um, there are lots of reasons and uh, lots of, of of things that are built into technologies, uh, contemporary technologies that that remove the requirement for passwords.
0: Yeah, because um, my computer when I when I turn it on, I get a key password. But because I've got a watch, the wa- once I'm I'm on it, the watch the text it knows it's me. Computer it knows me, so when I want to unlock it again, it sees my watch and that's it, it's unlocked, which is
1: great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and again, Microsoft in built into our technologies. Um, you know, we've got the intelligence to... So we, we, we assume um, zero trust. We assume everybody's been breached. Yeah. And so in our technologies, we're looking to see, you know, wh- wh- where is that? Where is this person who says he's Des, um signing in from? Is it his usual place? Has he traveled somewhere? You know, these things are all... Um, um monitored by the, the technology and then if something is a little bit strange then you you move to multi factor authentication so um you know passwords are, are 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 dying as a as a concept yeah um and so you know i think people need to continue to embrace the latest technology to stay stay up to date
0: yeah cuz i think as well with biometrics that can be kind of hard to uh, replicate for example if it asks you for your fingerprint scanner or an irish scanner they can be hard to actually uh, copy and use by by thieves or anybody else.
1: Yeah, look, fingerprint is one. Facial recognition is commonly now mm-hmm. used um, with with online apps, um, and certainly it's something that that um, uh, is has come a long way in terms of of capability and and adoption.
0: Yeah, and before we finish the podcast, anything else you want to add? You think you haven't mentioned?
1: Um, no, look. I think uh, you know. I'd encourage people to um, to read um, the report. Um, I'd also encourage people to to download the digital defence report. Um, if you if you want to understand what the threats that are out there are, our digital defence report um, is probably one of the most comprehensive reports that you'll you'll find. Um, yeah. I um, you know I encourage people to to stay secure. Uh, to you know to review their 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 security footprint and their security policies um, and to reach out to Microsoft um, if there's anything that they need support with. All
0: right that's great thanks so much for that Des and uh, have Pleasure. a great day and good luck in the future. Thank you, Ron Thanks.